Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Streetwise Theology Out of the Ivory Tower and Back into the Hands of the Invisible Church Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology. My name is Luke Saint. Today we're going to be talking about The righteous man has regard for the life of his beast, but the mercy of the wicked is cruel. We're going to be focusing more on the life of the beast, um, and this would be a Proverbs. uh, This would be a proverb from uh, Proverbs twelve ten. Whoever is righteous has regard for the life of his beast, but the mercy of the wicked is cruel. Now the 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 question becomes. You know, th- this podcast really has a lot to do with you know animal ownership, animal possession, animal abuse. Uh, what, what in a theonomic society? What does animal ownership look like? Um, what does abuse look like? What can we do about it? Um, and I, I want to start off by just looking uh, a, a, an interesting thing about this proverb is that the righteous man, his regard extends beyond his fellow man, beyond himself, beyond his fellow man, and ex- extends even to the life of his beast, of, of, his, of his animal. Uh, it doesn't say pet. It says of his beast, and I believe that includes pets and work animals. Uh, if you are a righteous person, you will think not only of your welfare, of your family's welfare, of your neighbor's welfare, but you will also think of the welfare of your animals. That is a mark of a righteous man. The mercy of the wicked is cruel. You would think that showing mercy is one of the easiest things to know. You know, sometimes it's difficult to do given your emotional state, but you at least know what the mercy, what mercy is when you see it, right? We can all agree on what mercy is, right? But the wicked are so um, clouded in their uh, in their foolishness and their folly that even their mercy turns into cruelty. Modern day example, I know I say this all the time on this podcast, and a lot of reconstructionists will say this. A modern day example of the mercy of the wicked being cruel is the the prison system. That is exhibit A in my book of the mercy of the wicked being cruel. Instead of being um, like if you steal something and, and instead of restitution, what you get is X number um, amount of years turning you into a uh, you know, for however long you're in that prison, turning you into a consumer where you just take, 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 rather than being put back into society where you, where you are meant to produce again. So that, that is exhibit A of the mercy of the wicked being cruel. Now, I, I also have to say something here before I get into this a, a little bit deeper. Um, and um, it's sad that I have to say this, uh, but I've come across a lot of adults who haven't really thought about this or they just don't know or you know they they honestly believe um, that animals talk to each other like humans talk to each other I have to tell you the animals do not talk to each other like humans talk to each other okay growing up we all watched Disney right you know we watched Bambi and all these animals of fox and the hound they're talking to each other like humans talk to each other um, but you know if whoever is watching humans it just looks like if it's two dogs are talking it looks like they're barking to each other right or you know wh- whoever knows uh, how they're communicating. Uh, but I have to tell you that in, in real life, animals do not talk to each other like humans talk to each other. Okay, when the birds are tweeting, they're just tweeting. Um, you know, they're not they're not saying, and like, hey, Frank, how was your day? Oh, uh, thanks for asking, Bob. Um, uh, hey, look at that humor down there. I wonder what he's thinking. Huh? Why can't we understand him? Huh? You know, they're, they're not having conversations like humans have conversations. They don't think about the same things the same way we do. They don't 
um, act like humans. They are not made in the image of God. Therefore, they do not have the same type of understanding of humans, of nature, of creation, of God that, that humans do. Okay, so I just want to get that out of the way. All right. So when we talk about abusing an animal, abusing an animal is not the same as abusing a human because people a lot of times equate that in their mind. Well, the animal, and they put themselves in the animal's position. I, I don't think that's the right thing to do, friends. I don't think you should put yourself in an animal's position. I think it's okay for you to do that uh, with your own animals. Listen, if you want to put yourself in the animal's position, that's, that's fine with your own animals. But you're talking about somebody else's animal. It's okay maybe to say, well, if that was my animal, I wouldn't do that. But if, if I think it's wrong to say, well, if that was me, then I wouldn't do that because, you know, animals are not human beings. My brother-in-law, Dan, often complains when people say, well, you're not treating the animal humanely. Well, okay, it's almost impossible to treat an animal humanely because humanely means in a, in a human-like manner, in a way that is decent to human beings. We are not the same to animals as we are to human beings, and there is no law in God's law that requires us to treat animals like human beings. We are theonomists. We wait and we look to God's law as the first, final, and only standard on justice, on, on righteousness, and there is nothing in the Bible that says thou shalt treat an animal, do unto animals as you would have humans do unto you. And people people do that all the time. They, they, they don't they don't take the application and say, do unto animals as animals would do unto you. They say this. They say, do unto animals as hum- as you want humans to do unto you. All right? So that there is no mandate in the Bible to treat an animal like you would treat a human being. Now, when it comes to the case uh, uh, of hunting, when it talks about the righteous man has regard for the life of his beast, uh, you know, when we, when we get into things like hunting, I, I don't think there's any sort of biblical mandate against hunting, like trophy hunting. Uh, one, one thing we need to realize uh, about trophy hunting, uh, people say, well, it's cruel and, you know, you shouldn't kill the animal, let it live. Uh, one thing I think needs, needs to real, uh, we need to realize is that animal is going to die anyway. Uh, what, what difference does it make if it dies by your gunshot or dies naturally or gets eaten by other animals? Um you know, you could be saving other animals' lives by killing this animal, right? Um, this is the this is the crux of the problem. Since we don't live in a theonomic society, humans cannot care for animals the way that animals should be cared for. Uh, if we lived in a theonomic society, you would be able to buy land. You'd be able to put whatever animals you wanted to put on there to preserve them. See, this is this is the freedom of Christianity. Um, uh, you know, in contrast to the uh, slavery of statism. If we wait for the state to take care of animals, uh, the inevitable result will be that animals will start dying. And uh, when the state is in charge of taking animals, uh, taking care of animals, uh, they're not as good as keeping poachers off their land as, say, like a private institution would be. Um, See, poaching, I believe, is wrong. I believe it's wrong to poach because you're coming on someone else's land when they have not given you permission to kill animals that belong to the people who are on on their land. Uh, And that is where we talk about things like restitution. Um, But the Bible uh, does not say thou shalt not hunt even for the sport of it. Um, Again, animals are not human beings. The animal is going to die anyway. Now, there is a command um, in Deuteronomy where it says when you're out in the wild and you come across eggs, 
Um, you may take the eggs, but do not kill the mother. And that's talking about birds. I, to be honest, I don't know if that also applies to mammals. I'm not sure why he chose birds there to use uh, birds as an example. I'm not sure why the Lord said, I'm going to use bird as an example. I'm not sure if you come across cubs, if you can take, like, so bear cubs, if you can take the bear cubs, but not kill the mother. Or if it's, since it's an, a mammal, not a bird, you can shoot the mother uh, as well. So I, I'm not sure what the full extent of that application is. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm still waiting for um, wisdom on that one, really, uh, as far as the application in a theonomic society. But if we're talking about birds, I believe that is uh, a law that is still in effect uh, as far as God is concerned when taking care of creation. Now, like I said before, trophy hunting, I do not believe is wrong um, because that, you know, that animal is going to die anyway. Um, but if you are poaching, I believe that that is immoral. I believe that is wrong because you are on, so you're trespassing on someone else's property and you're killing animals uh, that you have not been given permission to kill. If you're on nobody's land, um, you know, if, if you're just out somewhere and it's not owned by anybody, I, I don't think it's wrong to kill animals. Uh, you know, uh, kill however many animals as you want, legally speaking. Uh, I believe it's immoral to hunt uh, just to kill an animal for no reason um, uh, other than the thrill of killing an animal. I think I believe that's wrong. I believe it's immoral. I don't believe it's illegal. Uh, again, the difference in God's law between immoral uh, immorality and those things that which are illegal, which are punishable by the state. I don't think there's any sort of punishment that the state can mete out to people uh, who kill just for the thrill of killing uh, animals that are just out there in the wild. I don't think there's any sort of punishment. Now, again, like I said before, I believe that private individuals should have the right, and I believe that they have the responsibility uh, to, you know, since we're taking dominion over the earth, we are stewards of what God has given us. That includes the animals. I believe that private individuals, if they had the freedom uh, would be able to take these animals and uh, you know cause them to thrive if you had uh, private individuals who cared about these animals. I mean, and there's so many people out there who care about animals, but they don't have the ability, they don't have the freedom to do what they want to do to save these animals. Only the government has the because you can't you can't own an animal. Like I, I can't own a raccoon in my house. It's against the law to own a raccoon in in Pennsylvania as a pet. It should be irrelevant what animal you own. Until the damage is done or until it attacks somebody or what have you, there should be no law preventing uh, people from owning certain animals. Now, talking about addressing the, um, the idea of animal abuse. Now, let's play this out in a theonomic situation, okay? Let's say you see a dog. Usually, we go to dogs. We see a dog being abused. Obviously, it's somebody else. That dog is somebody else's property. Let's say the guy's leaving him out on a on he's caging him up and he's not feeding him. The dog is is starving. Okay, and um, and the guy is just it's pretty much. Let's say there's a neighbor and you've been watching this guy abuse the animal. Okay, and so let's say one night you you break into the guy's you trespass on the guy's property. You steal the dog and then you put him in your house and you feed him and and you know the dog's better. Okay, in a theonomic society that guy would technically have to go to a judge if, if you wanted to press charges and say, listen, this is my dog. You owe me restitution because you stole it. Um, now, if we played this out in theonomic society, I believe this is what would happen. I believe that the judge would look at the dog and say, okay, why did you steal the dog to, to the thief? And say, well, he was abusing the dog. Uh, 
Okay. And then we get, you know, evidence, two or three witnesses, you know, you know, build a case. And I believe if it's true that the dog was being abused, that the judge would, would order in favor of the thief and say, listen, he's, he's saving that dog's life. And, and if the guy owner said, well, you know, that's my dog. Um, and the judge will say, well, okay, is this a financial, um, you know, obligation? Was he, was he, was he making you money? Well, no. Um, well, how much did the pet cost? Well, he didn't cost me anything. Okay. Well, all right, then, you know, I'll slap a, uh, arbitrary, um, I'll slap an arbitrary number on there and this, this person can buy it from you. Or maybe he'll just say, no, you've lost your right to have this dog. Um, if you're just going to abuse it all the time, you know? Uh, you know, I, I believe that you would have the ability to step in in a theonomic society and fight for that animal's life and do something about it. And I think the judge would rule in your favor if you find out that that person is just abusing an animal. In this uh, society, I'm not sure if you can really do that and get away with it. Uh, you know, the state doesn't care about justice. Uh, they don't care about animals. That much is true. Let me read for you as an example uh, from a website I got here. got some numbers up here um, from <laughs> uh, these guys aren't very subtle about what they believe. Uh, this is a website called PETAKillsAnimals.com. And uh, to quote them, it says here, quote, We obtain the reports by filing public records requests under Virginia's Sunshine Laws with the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. The information for years 2004 to 2010 is also available on the VDACS website for public inspection. Um, unquote. So what we see here, uh, just got some, got some tables here. And from the year 1998 to 2017, uh, PETA received 44,846 dogs and cats. They transferred 2,776 of them. Uh, of those 44,000, 3,000, uh, I should say 45,000, of those 45,000 animals, 3,400 were uh, adopted, uh, which is apparently 7.6% of all animals transferred to PETA or, or that PETA received. 7.6% were adopted. 38,190 were killed. 85.2% uh, of all the animals given to PETA in Virginia, just Virginia alone apparently, 85.2% uh, uh, of 44,846, 38,190 were killed. So the government obviously does not care about the lives of animals. On the surface, they might give it lip service, but what's going on behind the closed doors is that PETA is euthanizing animals by the thousands. So when we talk about the righteous man having regard for the life of his beast, um, what we are talking about is when a man owns an animal, a righteous man thinks about the welfare of, of that animal um, he has a knowledge of what that animal needs what that animal wants and even extends his thoughts to that animal um, you know there's people out there i've seen people who are taking chickens and they look at those big chicken houses where the chickens are crowded and they just you know they just pick them up and they just kill them whatever and they have no regard uh for you know the animal uh, or little regard for the animal, and and there's these people out there. There are these people out there who are doing these like free range chickens or something like that, you know. And a lot of them are Christians, and they're actually trying to make these chickens healthy, you know, before they slaughter them. 
um, and they're trying to actually do it in a way that they feel it has regard for the life of the beast. That is part of taking dominion over the earth as we try these new methods and we you know, put animals into positions where they are just pretty much living to die so that they can be our food. You know, having regard for the life, their life um, can be done in a righteous way, and I believe there are people out there doing it. In a free and theonomic society, in a theocracy where Christ is king and we recognize his laws, we individuals have the ability and the right to take care of animals in the way that we see fit and to have regard for the life of the animal in a way that is pleasing to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who I believe also has regard for the life of the animals. The Bible is the first, final, and only authority on the life of the animal. The government, uh, as we've seen, the government does not care about the life of the animal. When you hand it over to the state, the state starts killing them. The righteous man has regard for the life of his beast, but the mercy of the wicked, PETA is exhibit B, their mercy is to kill them, uh, 85% of the animals that, was give, that, were, that were given to them. The mercy of the wicked is cruel. Be strong and courageous, my friends. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology, brought to you by the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society and Reconstructionist Radio. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com and thinkandreform.org. Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.